I'll delay. Oops. Go ahead. I'll delay my admission um, because I, I need to make sure I'm doing this all for the right reasons because this is a long, you know, eight years and going in debt is a big deal. Yeah. And what's amazing is you were asking the why before it came cool to for everyone to say, what's the why behind whatever your motivation is? You were doing that before that was the cool thing to ask. Yeah. Just, I was know. asking why a lot. And it was really by college that I finally um, said, hang on, I have to look at how much is this my programming? How much is this my, you know, my scripting response? Mm. How much is this just a survival mechanism? What is it I was really truly, you know, put here to do? So if you would have asked me when I was three, three or four, the answer I would have told you as soon as I found what I want to be when I grow up, as soon as I read the word philanthropist and knew what that meant, I started reading when I was three, I self-taught. So I read a lot, kind of more advanced beyond my age often. Um, and so when I said that word and I, they told me what that meant, it was like an instant coming home. That's exactly who I want to be. I want to be a philanthropist. Right. And so then it like, oh, right. But you have to have a lot of money. Oh. So you're going to give it away. You have to have, yeah, it I'm like, so hang on, let me figure this out. I'm like, yeah. well, that's not who we are. And, but how do I get there? Right. Um, and so, you know, my childhood, my childish, you know, little decision, well, there's only so many things, you know, and doctor was a very, um, good solution. Lots of my friends' parents were physicians and stuff. So it was like, okay, that makes total sense. Culture tells me that's like, you know, yeah. the basic white coat God of our, of our nation are, are yeah. those people. I love that so, term. Right. Oh it's, so it's true. They're in their yeah. white robe or whatever. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that it, it made sense, but, and I'll say this, I was that kid. I also at times wanted to be a bug scientist. So I was always rescuing and I mean, I tried to operate on worms. I would try to save everything. I was trying to anything and everything. If I could fix it, that was what I was trying to do. So I was just naturally, I'm just built that way. Uh, so I went through that whole period kind of like, hmm, I have to really look at it. And in that time, um, I was working uh, in a mental hospital. I was working with schizophrenics and helping get them uh, into group homes out of basically in Michigan, I would call this place an insane asylum. They would say it was a psychiatric hospital, but it was mm -hmm. like an insane asylum of horror movies, right? Yeah. You kind of walk through, you're like, wow, what is happening here? It, it, it no longer even exists. Um, that governor wow. quite a while ago shut them all down and just released everybody into the streets. Oh yeah. So it, it's a whole other problem there. Yeah. Um, so I really just had this kind of I would say it really is kind of a divine intervention moment where an aha, everything clicked and connected. And I knew then and there, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help the disenfranchised, the ones everybody is thrown away, the drug addicts, the schizophrenics, the people in the inmates in prison. I'm like, that's who I'm here to serve. And I will not medicate them into misery and hell and tell them they're a zombie and lock them up. That's right. unacceptable to me. That, that cannot be the way we do this. So as I started on that journey um, of deeply trusting that the, you know, the wisdom that made the body didn't go away, it doesn't go away when you have a headache or doesn't like it, there's a reason all of this. So I was getting very deeply entrenched in that, um, learning to trust myself as 
you know, my chiropractor was teaching me over the years, like, stop taking so much Tylenol stuff. And you can't just keep covering up your pain. You got to keep, you know, you can't keep doing them. Oh, no, no, I'm fine. I'll suck it up, suck it up. Right. And I learned something very, very different as, as, um, as things happened in college, uh, I broke my back in a soccer game, um, on the field and a few ribs and a concussion. I ended up in the hospital that night and had a lot of issues from that. And basically the way I was handled in the medical system with the doomsday of you're never, you know, running again, you'll be lucky if you walk again, you're never playing sports again, you're never doing whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's not going to work for me. So luckily at, you know, 1920, I have enough vim and vigor F you in my system that I'm like, I don't know what, who you think you're talking to, but that's not working. So uh, I, I, I would like to send out a warning right now to all parents that exactly what you said, it's like you came out of the womb with that. I don't know who you think you're talking to. That is how you are created. And you can see that in children. And it's just, I love that you're just saying, that's who I am. That's who I was. And even at that age of 19 and 20, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually even younger, you know, I, I'm going to backtrack to that in a second and just yeah. really quickly tap this out with that. Cause that's really important. I think cause it's actually not, it wasn't that clear cut. Oh. I did have to work. There's some stuff and I think it would be unfair if there's oh. somebody out there struggling, if they think okay. it just was that yeah. easy for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Yeah. You know, their kids, yes. their kids might be yes. going through. Because yes, um, you still have to go through that. Uh, I'm under someone else's control. Yeah. Well, it's actually, mine's a little trickier. Mine's kind of interesting. I think you, it's, there's a lot yeah. that went in, into the energetics of how I am the way I am. Um, so through all that, I'm in grad school, going the holistic route, still knowing I'm, it's to me, mental health issues are all brain-based disorders. You fix the brain, you fix the nervous system and I can, you can re-regulate everything. You are not born to be this way. That's, that's nonsense. And, and there's no, that's, it's just ridiculous. Their science is all false anyway. It's all made up and, and it, there's psychiatry is honestly a ridiculous field at this point. So I knew that and I was going into it and, and I was being trained by psychiatrists who knew that as well. And were bucking the system and going opposite of everything and looking at nutrition and micronutrients and minerals and all other kinds of ways of, of looking at what was really happening. And then my nephew was diagnosed with autism. Um, and so when that moment happened, my sister asked for my help. And so I was like, uh, okay. And from there, I certainly didn't lead that charge, but I found the resources and, and the um, holistic autism doctors. And through that, they ended up like training me and I just fell into all of that. Because once you start on that path, um, you have to end up looking at everything. Right. And turns out autism, bipolar, schizophrenia. I mean, it, it's, you know, like actually look, it's all this brain-based disorders, seizures, concussions, whatever it is. Um, it, it's more similar than not. And so that path led me into, uh, special needs, children, ADHD, um, learning disorders, dyslexia, and that actually did impact my life very, very deeply. Cause my brother is dyslexic and, I'm the youngest of four. I was going to say, you're the youngest of four. Yeah, I'm the youngest of four. The three of them were close to each other, like, you know, 10 months apart, and then like two years later, something like that. And I'm five years later. Uh, so the three of them were like, you know, they were like a done package. And I kind of was like, oops, 
you know, yeah. look yeah. at that, hey, look who's coming, yeah. uh, <laughs> whatever, right? So they were off doing their own thing. My mom would have to force them to play with me. Oh, play Candyland with your sister. Come on, you know? So even though there was four of us, I, ha- I grew up in a pack. There's a lot about me that's like an only child as well because oh. I was alone quite a bit just with them with her once they were, the three of them were like in high school together and the three, you know, like whatever, right? Yes. And I was young compared compared to that. So he ended up having, a, so he's 50, it's his birthday today, as a matter of fact. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he's seven years older than me. Oh so 56. Yeah. And he ended up having a very hard life. And he made our lives very hard. Um, I don't think he got through 10th grade, maybe ninth. I don't know when he dropped out of high school. Um, Constant stress, anxiety, overwhelm, being constantly teased. You know, he failed a grade. So now he's in the same grade as his little brother. People ask, are you guys twins? No. So then he has to explain. So like, what are you dumb or something? You know, his nickname became Cuckoo. That's what they called him. Even my brother teased him. So he was always kind of like totally, you know, he had friends, but he was kind of the weird outcast. And he basically at the end of the day, he couldn't read. And it took, this was a very long time ago. Um, and nobody knew what that was. My mother had eventually, like I think in seventh or eighth grade or something, he was pretty old. Right. I remember she drove like an hour and a half to a psychologist who finally was like, he's not, he's not slow or stupid at all. Right. He's dyslexic. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? Like no one even knew when she came back, like, what do we do about it? Um, right. so he can't read. Like, so he feels stupid, but he knows he's not stupid. So it's a very, it was a confusing place for him. So needless to say, it led to drugs and to soothe all the anxiety and the, the, the stress and went from weed to, to cocaine and crack pretty quickly, um, which led to a whole other life of things and our house being firebombed and drug dealers coming in on me with guns and us being homeless and him going to prison for 10 or 15 years. I mean, so it, it was pure devastation. My mother you know, doing everything to get him into rehabs and keep him out of prison. And uh, it was a lot. And so it was a very tumultuous, stressful thing that a fixable, completely correctable neurological issue. Like I correct that thing left and right. I get rid of it every day. It's not hard actually. And like, wow, what a difference. So I went there thinking, I could help people in prison. I could, I could like save them kind of, I learned it's a little bit harder than, than I thought. Um, and I kind of shifted gears, like, well, let me get the kids. Let me make sure they don't have ADHD, dyslexia, anxiety, panic doesn't lead them deeper into self-mutilation, suicide attempts, um, drugs, alcohol, bad choices, prison, right? Let me try to help here. And so there's a big focus on my practice. So that drove me without me knowing it was driving me. I wasn't really aware of how much, um, cause I have a lot of, I have a lot of stress and conflict with my brothers still to this day. Oh. Um, yes, but I'm like, well, in a way, but it, you know, I'm like he, and all of that has helped me help thousands of people. Yeah. So, you know, he's, a, he's tough, you know, it, it's, it's, he caused me a lot of pain. I would come home and all my clothes would be stolen because you have to take them to the crack house. Yeah. Right. I come home and my basketball shoes were gone. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. That's great. You know what I mean? Like, and, and what can you do about it? Right. Can't right. call the police. Right. Uh, so that was kind of like, 
when I say I was trying to get out of poverty, I mean, I mean it. Um, so mom, like you said, no, no welfare, no child support. Well, no, we were on welfare. So, okay. Yeah. So actually, I mean, off and on, yeah, it is a very interesting. So back to, when you say like, I came out. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Welcome to it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not having, I'm not having it. Right. Uh, That's kind of like it. So I was the truth teller very quickly in my family, um, which is very disruptive actually. And so I just knew things. I could know the things, see the things, feel the things very young. I was very confused as to why people weren't saying the things or acting like the truth wasn't in front of our face. I don't, I would just say it. And that didn't go over real well all the time because, you know, you're supposed to keep secrets or (laughs) keep these things quiet. Right. That doesn't work for me very well. Um, But I didn't come out with like all of that exact confidence. Um, My, it it took a while to kind of deal with this and heal all of this and the way I felt. And it's really interesting because my mom even would talk to us like, why did you, who, where did you get this from? Like, I never said this. And I'm like, I don't know, mommy, you know, kids, we pick up energy, we make decisions. It is what it is. But when my mother was, oh, I don't know, six or seven months pregnant with me, maybe five, I don't remember, but the story, my father chose to rob a bank with his brother. And my, my uncle had already robbed, I guess, four banks and he was flexing and living the good life or whatever. And my, it's like, Hey, so I turned. And so he robbed a bank, FBI came to the house and showed the picture to my mom. And she's like, awesome. You know, no, that's not my husband. She's like, I, she's, I knew exactly who it was him. I mean, what? Uh. so my mother is very, um, very religious, born again, Christian, um, very ethical. We had, you walked in our house, boom, the Bible thing, the book thing, the big Bible was there. Jesus is on the wall. We, you know, we went to church every weekend. Um, she finagled and got us scholarships at a very wealthy private Catholic school free. So I went to a very wealthy school. I lived in the city of Detroit, not great, you know, and went to uber outrageously wealthy schools in Gross Point. They were my saving grace. Catholic school probably kept me out of prison. Oh. Um, so I would go to church there. I'm like, you know, you would master in the week, you go to mass in the weekends. Oh. So she, we didn't have alcohol in our house. My mother didn't swear. I mean, she was, this, this was very real for her. And, you know, for him to come home with this money, she, this basic story, she's first thing, she said, what, what did you do? And she said, get that out, get that dirty filth. What you get that out of here. Oh. You what, like, you can't, first of all, and you can't bring it in here with these kids and what, you know, that kind of a moment. I turned that into my dad was so stressed and overwhelmed because I was an accident. Uh, I, I wasn't wanted. Right. And they're overwhelmed now. So right. he made a bad choice. And not only did that affect my mother, it, it stole, he, it stole, I, I ruined the whole family before I was even born. Okay. So that was the story that I lived with that I made up. No, so very uh, for years and like the guilt of, you know, I ruined, I, I did it. 
And that's why Eddie has problems. That's why Roger has problems. That, that's why they're the three of them are hurting because they had daddy here all the time. Yeah. You know, they're married. They bought a new house. And they, and, yeah. Yeah. And then, oops. And I'm so, this is like the story a, a child can say. I'm so bad. Like even before I was even born, I ruined everything. Right. So he went to prison when my mom was pregnant with me and she had to figure it out. Right. Pregnant with the three kids, seven, six, and you know, four and pregnant and, you know, not working. She wasn't, she wanted to be home and raise kids right. and have a job, very traditional seventies, you know, um, kind of a thing that's, she always wanted to just be a mother and have lots of kids. And, and that was the most important thing to her. And she didn't quite get to, uh, do it the way she would have wanted. Uh, so there, so when I say that, like on the one hand, yes, I came out real strong and it was that it was kind of a battle within myself. I would go, yeah. I'm so horrible. I should never have been born. I, I, they'd be better off without me. That would, these were constant thoughts in my head. I should just die because they'd be better off. Right. Two, actually, I'm the greatest thing that's ever happened. And I'm going to prove it so strong. Like I felt I had to prove it. Like I, I deserve to be here. So I'm going to make everything better. Wow. So then I took on, I have to fix it. Everything right. I have to rescue everything. I will go get the money. I will go get the prestige. They look down on us. They won't anymore when I'm done. Right. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of, you know, a big drive and it, you know, ended up as a kid. I had a big chip on my shoulder um, to prove it. Right. right. I'm like, no, nothing better about you, except you already have money, but I'm, I'll, 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 I'll beat you guys anyway to Sunday. Right. How do you want me to do it? You yeah. know, physically, mentally, psychologically, I'll win. So I was a very aggressive in the way I did it because I'm like, I have to get us out of here. Interesting. You no. Know? So I say, I would say like, it's a very different, it wasn't. So there's all that, like, I'm sure I, I wore lots of masks. I right. sure I did lots of things. I, I became who I needed to be right. for the environment I was in. But right. I love that you took that rather than following the model that was portrayed for you. Although, so that you took that in that direction, like you said, you know, you don't, uh, nobody's a victim here. We're not going to, we're not going to play that role. You were, you took that road, the successful, I will show you, I'm not doing this, even though the story in your head was, I'm not worthy to even exist, but I will show you that I am worthy to exist. You took that. I mean, where there were, you know, like you said, your brother went the other direction, but you did well. In I mean, there's just so many factors. Oh yeah. That. No, I know. And my it's mother, nice. I'll give you credit is my mother is fierce. Yeah. yeah. It was, she just, uh, I don't, I look at some of this now, like, how did she even Yes. How yeah. did she manage what yes. she did? And yeah. she was just, I don't know if you ever like landmark forum courses and all that kind of stuff. You're familiar with any of that, but they do a thing. They talk about being unreasonable. Like yeah. you need to become more unreasonable. And I, when I took those courses, I said, oh my God, my mother is the most unreasonable person I've ever met because she was like, she just walked in. Like, let me explain something to you. I have these four kids and this is what's going to, she just yeah. created things out of nowhere. That's that's exactly you know, right. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. So she just could make it happen. And then she had to, 
you know, buckle down and start working all the time and had to play the system because there was no child and you don't get anything. So it's like, okay, I got to work a job under the table because we do need Medicaid. Like, how am I going to get insurance? Like, how am I going to do it? Cause you just had a high school education, you know, they just, wow. you, could, you know what I mean? Like, even though she's very smart, but you know, that was, um, and she had no family. I'll give you an idea, like, you know, like her mom, her, so her dad was everything. And he died when she was 16. She was the one with him in the ambulance when he died. And her mother is so, my grandmother was really so emotionally mature um, that she could, didn't even, she's not the one who went in the ambulance. My mother yeah, was there. The 16 year old. And yeah. And so after her father died, you know, my mom goes, my senior year in high school, my dad's talking about which college I'm going to. Oh. And, and, thir- and he died 30 days later, my mother just took the money in the house and was gone. And I was literally homeless on the street with a suitcase at 17, trying to go like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Yeah. So to give you an idea, like how I grew up and the, how fierce my mother is the first time I ever had a gun, I was ever held at gunpoint. Cause it's been many times. The first time I think I was nine months old. No. Yeah. And it was in our house by my grandmother. So wow. my grandmother came drunk to our house because she was convinced, again, very religious Southern Baptist over there, very convinced or whatever, that my mother must be a prostitute and running a whorehouse because she could not fathom mm-hmm. how my mother was still keeping the house right. and the kid you know, with me, you know, with her husband gone. And it really was that first year that her church stepped in dramatically. That was, that was, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's who, that's who kind of covered everything. So my mother didn't lose everything. Um, So she was very devoted to that church for a very long time. We were, you know, so they, they, they did, they did take care of her, Um, you know, right. So, yeah. And so somehow my mother, you know, in that moment, all of us were in the house and she, in, in a, I heard like 12 year old little sort of babysitter helping with me, like her little mother's assistant that would come. Yeah. And somehow my mother got every kid out of the house and talked down her day. You know, I don't know the full story, um, but I know most of the stories because my mother kind of, I'm like the, the family therapist counselor. (laughs) So I kind of know more things than my brothers and sisters do. The like tells me all the stuff now as an adult. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? That gives you an idea. Like she didn't have anything. My mother right. had nobody. So at right. times my, we just know we wouldn't see grandma for three years or four years. Like my mother would be like, uh, uh-uh, this is not a, like, and then she, I think she would feel guilty and she would try again and be like, oh no, we can't, I can't deal. Yeah. Um, and I think my, she was just mentally ill, uh, yeah. probably borderline personality. Yeah. My mom thought multiple personality, but I think she just um, had a lot going on. So I think like, that's what I'm kind of talking about. So I did have this role model. That's not in their bio, by the way, when you get on her website. (laughs) No, I don't, you don't really talk much about all that stuff. I mean, people know, I mean, so that was like one of the big secrets, right? We were supposed to lie about where my father was. Oh, absolutely. And I stopped lying. And I just was like, I don't get why I'm supposed to be ashamed of this. That has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like that's not my problem. I but love that's like, exactly. you know, that's not what a six-year-old is supposed to say. Right? Right. right. And so as I started saying the things, finally, my brothers, of course, beat the crap out of me because now the kids at school are talking about it. Like, Oh my God, what did you do? And I'm like, aren't you guys sick of lying? I'm just right. over it. What does that have to do 
Yeah. But I know my mother's goal was to protect us. Yes. So they don't judge us more. Exactly. Like, so you don't get ostracized. So they'll accept you and blah, blah, blah. Right. I get it. Right. But I just was like, this is not working for my system. Yeah. And I don't know what that has to do with anything. None of my friends care. So I'm done, you know, like I'm done. And yeah. that was, you know, real hard line in the sand in, in the fourth grade. I said, I'm not doing it anymore. So that's amazing. And, but I love that because in order to become visible, you have to, I think you have to have that mentality where this is not a reflection on me. Um, everything that you're saying is your truths, but not my truths. And so at fourth grade, you had the ability to say, I don't understand what all the secrets are about. This isn't about me. This is something that he chose that this, this, his road that he went down. I, but that's because I, I've, and a lot of it is like you say, a lot of it is, is, um, the time, the culture that was going on, because, the, you know, and this is nothing compared to the story you've just told, but I posted a picture of my mom, uh, four or five of her siblings uh, on the front porch of their house. Um, you know, grandma, the four or five little kids, they all look like, you know, something from the dust bowl. And I thought it was fabulous. I thought, look at this from 1940, this fabulous picture of my grandmother with four or five of her children. And there were eight altogether. My mother, called me up and said, you take that down. Don't you ever post pictures of my family? And I said, oh, well, first of all, that's my family too. And what's the deal? And she said, I don't want people to think we were poor. I'm like, mom, everybody was poor. It was yeah. the depression. Okay. You were born in 1936. Everybody, you, I come from the Midwest, like you, everybody was picking dandelions, greens, and wringing a chicken's neck, everybody. I think it's fabulous what you people have done, but yeah. that was not the persona that she sure. wanted. And so sure. that's very, that's very exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, I don't know what that has to do with you. You did very well for yourself, you know, but it's that mentality that keeps people in situations where they can't, they mm -hmm. oh, I don't want to embarrass my parents, or I don't want to do that because that might make mom or dad sad or whatever these feelings are that you can't become visible yourself. And mm -hmm. I, I love that. Now, okay. What, what I want to know is while you were going through when, once you got to be where you were counseling and treating people, did you go through a step process where it's like, okay, I went through medical school. I, I learned the standard American diet because that's what they're teaching them in medical school. And you're like, oh, that's not happening. And did you have to go through a trial and error? Like, okay, I'll try this that I learned in medical school, but that isn't working. So we're going to do vegan or vegetarian. I mean, what, where, how did you get to where you're at now uh, with your nutrition and the healing that you do? no medication, but strictly through good nutrition and good practices and, and health, you know, healing the immune system naturally. How did you get to that point? Um, well, it, it certainly started probably pretty young. Like I said, like the influence of, um, uh, Dr. Keith Khalil and uh, out of Detroit on me was, was enormous. And so you, so he, he was a chiropractor treating mm -hmm. you as a chiropractor, but also was into nutrition. Not, no, he wasn't, but he would just okay. drip things. He would oh. just drip vitalistic principles. So it's more when, in the end of the day, it comes down to people for their health. It, they're getting bogged down in the details and the minutiae. That is not what's important. It, it's really theory and principles. If you can understand 
Um, ultimately, I deeply believe, I mean, it's not, it's not a passing thing for me. I believe my body can heal anything. I have deep faith and trust in the systems of, of the mechanisms of what it means to be human. I don't question. So symptoms and what you might call something diagnosable, those are all gifts. Those are all signs to guide you back, to help you change your behavior. It's oh, subtle. And if you don't listen to the subtle, if you're just, if you turn the GPS off and you never listen to her, you're going to end up in some real jacked up place. And it's going to be much harder to get back home. Right. Yeah. So that's what people are doing. Instead of listening to their bodies, listening to the messages, they suppress the symptoms with a bunch of stuff, pills and lotions and potions and alcohol and cigarettes and porn now and all kinds of bizarre th- phones and TikTok or whatever they're doing, right? So they won't listen to themselves. They won't feel what's really going on. I was acutely aware of my body and what I was feeling, um, but I didn't necessarily know what was that. I would often be incredibly overwhelmed, uh, have lots of weird body things and rashes and pains and whatever as a child. I think of myself, I have a self, I have a residual self-image like in the matrix of myself as this, this giant badass basically. But my family will be like, oh man, you were like a really pitiful sick thing. Every time something would happen, you just end up in the hospital. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I actually had to wear those Forrest Gump leg cables. My legs were born deformed and I came home with a bar between my legs. So this is how, like, right. So imagine I'm in utero, you feel everything. I knew I felt everything my mother was feeling. Right. So this is everything. Her husband was stripped away, bad choices, absolute money, panic, stability, panic. Are we going to lose the house? All of this, somehow she managed it. I was born um, severely jaundice. So there's there were at the time there were five hospitals in the state of Michigan that could have saved my life. Otherwise, you know, I would have been at Helivact and probably died. I was born in one of those hospitals. So they had the machine. Wow. I had to stay there for two weeks. She was said like, I, you're the only baby I, I had to leave. She's like, that was weird. Like I, but I had the other kids, I had to go home eventually. So now I'm alone in this incubator. I have nobody holding or touching me for like two weeks, really. Right. Yeah. Right. So imagine the level of abandonment. Right. right. So lots of them abandoned this way, I'm abandoned this way, I'm abandoned. Like, so I did learn way too young. You're gonna have you're on your own, kiddo. Yeah. You better, you better, you know. So yeah. almost too much. Like, I'm good. I can handle it. Like, I don't need you. Right. 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 So, but and you can see where it comes from. I I can see where it comes from. And so I've been Ooh. working very long to heal these. I have to be aware of it. Like, oh yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> Makes total sense, right? So oh, there, it didn't. There was a lot of insecurity, instability, whatever coming from just that whole process. So jaundice and, you know, that's anger. Liver is all anger. So there's. I, I just came in a little pissed off, right? Exactly. I came in. Now on the one hand, I deal with a lot of suicide suicidal ideation of patients. Mm. Anger, anger is my first anchor of hope. So the first thing when I get somebody who's depressed and hopeless, the first thing I'm going to make them is angry, which is good. So you and use that as doing it. You, you, yeah, I don't, you know, well, I don't have to, I, I, it, yes, I use it. As, I use it as a tool because I understand it. Right. I've lived it. I understand. So oh, no, I'm not afraid of anger. I got it. And I said, in fact, I have to warn them. I said, that, that's what's going to start coming out of them. That is the layer, um, the first thing. And I said, that's the energy we're going to use to help you climb out of this pit. People don't climb out of a pit from love. 
They don't climb out of a pit of inspiration. Right. They're fucking pissed. Yeah. Right. And it could be a daddy at mommy themselves. God, there's a lot of reasons, lots right. of things. So, right. but they, the depression is a way to suppress that truth that they don't want to face that they maybe feel guilty for feeling or whatever. Right. Okay. right. So that's a huge part of healing. And I, now we don't want it unbalanced, right. right. We use right. it to move. So I had a lot of that. That's what, that is one of the energies that drove me, my frustration, my anger. I will prove it to you. I, you know what I mean? Like I, I will not, I will not be broken. Right. So I came on with this bar then also between my legs. So now I right. can't even like walk like a regular person. My mom yeah. said, I felt so bad. You couldn't even move. She's like, no, the, the way you were, like you were, you were pinned it down. I'm like, wow. And on top of it, someone's pinning my legs down. So I'm immobile. I'm like, right. fascinating, isn't it? No wonder I've always been afraid I was going to be, have MS and I'm going to end up in a wheelchair. Like, yeah. Just, why am I afraid of that? Yeah. Of course it would. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I had to wear those cables like 23 hours a day was supposedly, I have not a single memory in my mind of my seeing myself with those things on. So every memory of me, I'm never, I, I don't have those. Right. And it was when Forrest Gump came out and I didn't even think of it either. My brother yeah. said to me, one of my brothers goes, oh my God, I felt so bad when it happened. It was when he ran and it broke off. I thought of you and I thought of the, you were, oh, you're crying. You would be crying and begging mommy not to, please don't put the braces on. And I, I just kind of looked at him like, what happened? Yeah. I used to cry about, and I went, oh my God, that's right. Those braces. And the only memory I have of them is with exactly what they look like hanging on my mother's closet door. Oh like my I, gosh. That's all I remember. And there's a few pictures of me with wearing them. And I remember as a child, my mother, you know, she didn't, I would cut up and ruin all the, if there were pictures of me, I'd go through photo albums and I would scratch my face out. I would cut oh. myself out. So that was my way. My self-disdain was very strong actually. And I used that energy to say, well, I'm still stuck here. So yeah. if I'm going to be here, I'm going to, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make up for it. You know, like I feel this guilty all the time. I don't want to feel this. So I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. Right. right. That was my, and so that's kind of learning to let that go right. has been my journey of wait, what's driving me? What is it? Is yeah. it still this hurt? Is it still, I'm proving it? What do I really want? What's my real purpose? And I still think I know it is service. It is philanthropy. It is helping other people. It that is, is absolutely important. what I was born here to do. I could cannot yeah. escape it. Um, so even though it was there from some, whatever it's right is really who I am. And it all conspired in such a way that I can understand feeling small and weak and going, I'm not having, no, no, but you can fix that but you can come out of it. You can get the cables off. And I became a very powerful athlete. I became captains and leaders and played college balls. And I mean, so strong in my legs. Unfortunately, I broke four other people's legs in soccer. I mean, I could crush you. Like yeah. that's how strong I became. Right. Right. So it all works to help make me much better. So I am uh, daily, I tell them, my God, I'm so glad I grew up broke and struggling because I, people, they can't seem to survive or figure anything out. I mean, exactly. you know, like I just figured it out and, yeah. you know, I did have my mother to be, you just, she just didn't quit. She didn't talk yeah. much about any of it, oh, but you were there watching. You saw, 
Yeah. So to give you that, like, so there's like a lot that went into, um, into all of that. And then right. professionally, I was, I was in school doing, taking care of people and somebody, I, I got very into like self-help courses, like, um, okay. Tony Robbins, Landmark Forum, um, Global Instructor UIO I actually became a self a teacher in my twenties, but international organizations leading Gestalt and Jungian things. So I just always like, to me, when I started doing these courses and of course, learning things about myself, um, having very potent, very powerful healing experiences, and then watching other people, I realized that that's absolutely the most enjoyable. And I would say entertaining thing for me to do is watch someone become empowered right before my eyes. Yes. Yeah. And then when you start participating and coaching and helping them and you realize, oh, it's even better if I had some part in that, you know, like, wow, to look and go, I helped that. Like, wow. Like the value, my own self-value was increasing so much. The more I did, the more I helped people, the better I felt about myself, the more I helped people, the better I felt about myself. And for me, again, still, sometimes I would say like, I have to justify oxygen. Like I'm not trying to be a parasite. So I'm trying to make everything better. Right. So that's where, that's what was driving me. And then I, in, I, I actually was lucky enough to not be taught all that standard oh. American diet stuff. We yeah. actually, it was much more progressive teaching more primal things and the theory oh. of need to be human. Right now I did go through doing all the things I pretty much like, again, autism, we're going gaps diet. So I learned, I, I would learn things in the context of conditions that I was helping friends and family with. Yeah. And so you have to like really understand this seems to be the best protocol for this. And then you try like, Oh, okay. I did a 12 year stint as a vegan. I did, I've done, I've done pretty much every kind of thing you can do because I'm like, what is it? I'm going to try it. I've been water fasting 25 years. I've been, um, you know, I'm very experiential with all of it. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I've done it all uh, practically. Uh, I think I'm kind of done experimenting. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm 49. I've taken a hit in many ways. Some of those things, uh, not so good. It's hard to keep doing some, so much you push, we can push our systems way too much with the experimenting on stuff. So I'm like, and I I can't just keep trying everything because I'm done. Um, But, you know, so I've settled in more now, more, more in the primal ancestral ways of what does it mean to be human and and, and not so fatty. I'm like, you know what? I I, kind of get it. Like we are lied to a lot and it's very easy to fall for the manipulation. I fell for lots of falsified data manipulation. So I, I can see things a little bit differently. And I, my biggest teacher now is absolutely nature. And, and I, so like, there's, there is no study, there is no book, there is no degree, there is no school more intelligent and more comprehensive than nature. And yeah. if you think you are, you're a fool. So I am not smarter than nature. Yeah. And if you are my patient. I tell them, I said, let me be real clear. You know, everything about you much better than me. Right. I'm here to reflect back what you're saying and help try to guide and see the points on a line, point out where the, what, what the, the message is that you haven't been able to hear so we can implement that you can change your behaviors and just do what your body is. It's telling you how to correct it. Exactly. Instead of you seeing, you know, everybody wants to see the, 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 the pimple as the bad guy. I'm like, that's the actual healing mechanism. Stop yeah. trying to stop the body from doing what it's supposed to do. 
Like, why would you ever put a fever down? That's the dumbest solution. That's what they do. Yeah. Oh, you have a fever? Suppress it. Oh, you're vomiting? Stop. Give them an antivomit. Why? You're literally trying to do the strongest thing the body can do to expel the poison. Why would you tell it to stop doing that? Yeah, exactly. So I trust it so much that that I'm like, okay, let's go. This is, let's go with it. And you got a fever and go in the sauna, you know what I mean? Like, uh, let's get hotter, right? See, so I had the, I had the, the wonderful advantage of, I was about um, maybe seven months pregnant with my first. And I took a Lamaze class at a naturopath clinic and the naturopath and his wife, they ran the clinic. And so they're, you know, and telling us little, the, the throw in the Lamaze, but the throw in little things. And I remember going, I want to have a natural childbirth. And, and um, so then I asked my, my, I was just going to a, I can't even remember if he was an OBGYN at the time. And I said, I'm going to do, I'm going to have a natural childbirth. And he goes, well, we'll try. And I was like, oh, that's no, I'm done. Right. So I switched doctors, you know, like eighth month pregnancy. And, but exactly, that's exactly what he said. He said, the fever is your body's way of getting rid of this virus or whatever it is, bacteria. And so let it go and go to a sauna. Exactly. So I had this from my very first baby on, you know, and so it was just, I am, what do you think it is about people that hear something like one of my biggest things right now is this, can't even remember the name of it, but it's a nasal cleansing thing that they're saying, you know, your body, you know, your nose takes in, it's, it's your body's natural cleansing. So you need to cleanse the nose. And I was like, okay, did you just hear what you said? Your nasal pass, this is how it cleans the air as a, you know, and you're saying that you need to clean that filtering system that was already put into your body. And, but people are falling for it. What is it? What is it? And, okay. And just cause we have to close up here pretty soon. And I'm telling you, I want you to give people a little tidbit of what you get. If you follow Dr. Rimka on Instagram, what do you think you're on Facebook and Instagram? Are you? Yeah, I, I mean, Instagram, Facebook is the main thing. I mean, LinkedIn, we, we post there a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. but this is listen to, I sat and listened to you talk about water. That was like push because I've always thought to myself, I don't know. I mean, do we need to be drinking that much? gallon of water? That's a lot of water. And you started explaining the quality of the water, our body makes water. Just give us a little tidbit of that so that people will be going like, oh, I got to hear more. I got to find this lady because that was, <laughs> that blew my mind right there. I mean, I'm yeah. already, you know, so talk a little bit about that as we close, because I, I just well, want people to get a little preview. Okay. You always talk about what? Well, let me say this. So I feel like, like you know, it's kind of weird. Like, what will you get? Um, although I focus on the brain, I'm going to focus on mental health. But to me, that falls a whole bunch of things. So brain-based disorders, autism, ADHD, learning disorders. Um, so it is from children to Alzheimer's, right? ADHD to Alzheimer's, right? Because uh, it's in the brain. And right. I'm trying to, when, I, when somebody comes into me, they say they're 30, oh, I have a sleep problem, right? I'm going to look at everything because I'm looking 30 years down the road. I, I've been looking 30 years down the road since I was four. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I can't help but like think that way. Like, right. this, like what's, let's, I'm worried about you getting Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's. So this is why I'm talking about your hemoglobin A1C. And what you're really kind of getting to get with me is I am not, I knew 30 years ago that big pharma funded Rockefeller medicine was a propaganda brainwashing tool to leverage selling drugs to people, to keep them unconscious of their own divine awareness 
and keep them chronically ill and, you know, kind of on the teat of the big pharma. And they've cured nothing. They, they have no, they, they have no solutions to anything. Right. Nothing they do actually works. I can't understand why anybody continues to follow the advice with people with such a horrific track record and a success rate. Right. If a car company had the kind of success rate they did, they'd be out of business. Exactly. Yet because we've been under the guise of this is the holy white robe priest of the most intelligent thing in America, which is starting to become, people are you know beginning finally to become disillusioned. Right. Um, I'm going to be the person to help teach you. The problem is not you. The problem is you've been following recommendations and guidelines that are based on complete bullshit. Right. And it's, there's, there, it's not even scientism. I mean, if when you look at how bad it is at the things they've come up with, right. that they're lying, cheating and stealing basically among the research published information, because people are just desperate to keep their jobs and keep their funding. Right. And it, there's a, I don't, when people say, well, you know, I'm not saying the scientists are bad. I am saying they're bad. Yeah. There's a lot of liars. There's a lot yeah. of cheaters. We catch them. We yeah. catch them all the time. Right. Uh, doing things, you're like, oh my God, he just manipulated, cherry picked all this, the data. All of this cholesterol, cardiovascular stuff has been coming from Ansel Keys data that he lied and yeah. we caught him lying now and we're still doing it. Why? Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Because of how much money they make. It's the most yeah. profitable yeah. drug in the history of the drug industry. Yeah. Gee, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I'm going to like bring in that kind of stuff and then actually kind of say, let's talk about what you really are. What you really are is a biophotonic electromagnetic being of light that absorbs and emits light. You have a, you have a divine right to perfect health, absolute, pristine, blissful mental health. You should be in joy. You are harmonic resonance of music vibrating, and you actually are impacted and affecting other people. And I will show you the physics behind it. I can prove it. it. This is not actually woo-woo at all. We're very, very clear. The future of all healthcare is absolutely frequency. It's light frequency sound. Sound is primary. Actually, people go, sound is the first. Sound is probably the most important thing because sound generates then the magnetic pulses, which generates the light. I take it down to protons and electrons and really explaining what you are and how that relates to the earth because right. that's our problem. Like you would be completely entrained in a perfect health, the more connected to nature you become. So the further we've become disconnected from the natural order of things, the sicker we've gotten, the more technology we brought in that it's interfered with our connection to earth, the sicker we've gotten. So I go through all of those things again with the, with the publicly focusing on mostly brain stuff, mental issues, things like that. Um, in Telegram and my newsletters, I'll go a little bit a little bit more broad spectrum, but in my practice, I will talk about almost anything with patients. So you won't see me posting about Crohn's ulcerative colitis. I try to keep it narrowed up, even though I see tons of that, those patients, <laughs> I mean, I've resolved that I, hundreds of times, like, and it's not even that hard. I don't know what gastroenterologists are doing all day actually, because it boggles my mind because it's not hard. And I've done it so many times here in Atlanta the people go in four to six weeks, I'm in remission, blah, 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 blah. And instead of, I have never had one gastroenterologist call me up to say, can you tell me how you did that? Yes. Now I've had lots of therapists. I'll give psychologists, uh, talk therapists, you know, an occasional psychiatrist. I'll give them a lot of credit. 
because they will call. We were like, they're like, so I'm seeing so-and-so, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, because everything's different, you know, but I have yet to see that. And in fact, people come back often crying. My gastroenterologist said that, da, 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 da. I said, and I have to get very fierce. So what they get from me is I'm a incredibly fierce advocate for you. And I will often use very strong energy, very strong words, very strong language to fight for you until you can fight for yourself. And at times that means I've picked up a phone and I've called principals. Right. So let me be real clear. Unless you're willing to sign a, a document and you're being responsible for this child's psychological health until they're 18, all of this testing will stop. All of this name writing, because if I see here one more word to this child or this mother, I'm coming after you. And I've had almost those exact conversations. And I said, if you ever bring up that ADHD drug to this person again, I will file suit against you because that is illegal. You have no standing to recommend any drugs to any child. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's, that is how strong I will be. And when parents see me that strong, they get stronger. Exactly. Right? So that's kind of, <laughs> that's what you'll, you'll, you get. Um, I, and I'm going to say I couple it with, I was trained a very pivotal moment for me was in my twenties. Um, when I would say I would feel a lot, sometimes be overwhelmed with, um, a therapist who was an intuitive and an empath and very psychic really, where she finally just one day sat down and said, Stephanie, you know, you do what I do. And I'm like, no, I don't. She's like, yeah, you do. And you don't know it. I need to teach you because you're going to end up really, she's, I ended up with cancer and da, 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 and I'm not letting that happen to you. So can I train you? And I was like, okay. So she went through, we went through three years of me coming in with our clients and doing talk therapy in, in a very unique way, a therapeutic style where she's like, your body is telling you everything, which is my style that I teach people because I also just feel it. So often I'll know, now I know the difference. It's them and not me. I'll know it's gallstones. I'll know it's cancer. I'll know it's something because I'll feel it all. So I do get the advantage of a lot of sensory information that I'm picking up as well as um, what I'm seeing in labs or whatever else. And I'm a 20 year meditator. I've done lots of spiritual things. I feel like I've, I've been in the divine space of whatever benefactor, God, whatever it is. And I listen. So all I'm doing is learning. I've learned to make my antenna as big as possible so I can hear whatever it is, you, your spirit guides, your angels, whoever needs to tell me so I can serve you. Right. So that's, there's a lot that I kind of bring to it. And I've been, I've disciplined myself to study each one's like to study neurology, to study neurofeedback, to study shamanic healing, to study you know, empath for, for, for decades. Yeah. So I kind of make all those skills because, and honestly, if I didn't do that, I'd be bored senseless every day. So that that's amazing. What? Okay. So we're going to go to drrimka.com correct? Yeah. In there. I think it's just Dr. That's it. And, and she, and you, you can see the different programs, the services that she offers, follow her on Instagram is it's at Dr. Rimka or is it at what's your, yeah, it's Dr. It's Dr. Underscore Rimka. All right. Okay. Okay. Follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. And I love your ice baths. I love, I just love, I love that idea. And I love, and I've talked with other people um, we don't, we do not understand that we are part of nature, that when we put our, when we put it, whatever God you want to, when we put that person in the sky, took them out of the earth, like, you know, and, and then people don't understand that we are just as uh, much a, a part of it as 
the rocks, as the tree, as the roots, as the grass, and that we are energy. We, it's like, we know that, but people don't believe it. I think they think that we're some kind of aliens that were plopped on this earth, that we don't have the same mechanisms that all the other, I just listened to a podcast. I don't remember what her qualifications were, but she was talking about how she, uh, I think she must've been like a geologist because she was talking about how the root systems of the trees and the, and when you dig down and you see the roots and how they're all connected. And she was talking about how the mother tree will talk to the new seedlings that are coming in through this root system. And I'm not, and when I say talk, I'm not like, Hey tree, how are you doing? We know what we're talking about here, but there is an energy that comes through that is the teaching these other the plants. They and have very clear communication. Actually, you don't need to be ashamed of it. They have very clear communication signals. Just because they don't use language the way we do doesn't right. mean anything confusing about it. They yeah. plants can they they can they dislike people, they dislike animals, they have clear communication. They can tell somebody, hey, if they're coming, they, they know exactly how to to adapt very quickly to the bugs that are coming, to the weather that's coming. Yes. They know exactly what to do. They're, they, they do chemical warfare against other creatures. I mean, they're, they are not benign by any means. They're not just some inanimate things. I, I mean, you know, I know we all want to personalize things. I mean, I mean, I don't know. They probably, they have feelings as far as the way we have feelings. It's just different, but it's different. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know why you, we, people want to, and I hear what you're saying. And part of that has happened. That's culture wants us to think we're a mechanistic like bag of parts, like a car. Right. And we are not. That is, that is the, that is what medicine thinks. You're yeah. just some of some parts. There's no extra spark or anything magical about you. And that is the exact opposite. That teaches you that you shouldn't trust yourself, that you need an outside authority, that you, you clearly can't heal yourself, that the pill will do. You know, that something else, you need a surgeon to heal you. You need a thing, a drug to heal you versus, yeah. no, I don't. I just need, I can do all of that myself. If I have everything, if I have all the substrates and no poison, right? what do you think? I mean, what, what are you talking about? Right. So, I mean, I come look at people I'm like I made a baby inside of me and then I could feed him for three years. Are you guys kidding me? You're yeah. trying to tell me I need that pill. Yeah. You're trying to tell me I need that shot. I don't think so. Yeah. My vagina didn't make it. So I'm sure he doesn't need it either. So like, I, <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm good, but yeah. we, we've, we've, we've offered ourselves up as if we're not already whole and complete. We are. Right? Yeah. I love that. And that's what health means. Health means whole wholeness, right? Yeah. To be healthy to means to be whole. Yeah. That, and doctor actually the word means teacher. Yeah. So we have, we've really misunderstood what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Right. And so I, my job is to teach and to guide that you are the healer. Right. I put the power in your hands. Don't ever call me a healer. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. I don't care if I'm cleaning your chakras. I don't care if I'm pulling entities off of you. I've done that many times. Yeah. I do it all. It, it, that is nothing that I'm still not doing it. I'm a, I'm a, a tool being leveraged for higher forces to work through me. You know, so, and people that's, that's, they've been tricked into yeah. believing they're something's wrong with them. They're inherently broken. One of the biggest, listen, I'll leave on this note to me, the big one, there's many cons in medicine and I'll just go with an easy one that won't get anybody banned. Autoimmunity. Uh, that is a complete crock, but they've been able to trick billions of people into believing 
your body is so deranged and so broken and so stupid that it can get to the point it cannot recognize itself from something else. So it'll tech itself. It'll just come in and just pick an organ and start destroying it. I don't believe one second of that. Now, doesn't mean maybe something's not happening to that organ by the immune system, but that doesn't mean it's autoimmune. Having your immune system damaged, deranged, perpetrated upon, abused, poisoned, and then it reacts in such a way that it's trying to heal the, the problem that you gave it, that is not autoimmunity. Yeah. These are not the same thing. Yeah. But just that name alone makes people, it's, it's victim, victim creation, disempowerment, and now you must need me and yeah. my things the rest of your life. And I'm not having that story. And I'll tell you, people get mad about it. Well, people sure. like being victims. That's right. No, they're, they sometimes they're not, they don't want to hear that they could fix it. Right. Because then so they have to change behaviors. Change behaviors. <laughs> you know? That's not always what they want to do. Right. And if that's what you're into, I'm not for you. That's okay. I don't care. You can go off and keep, you know, doing what you're doing. I'm here for the people that are like, I can tell something's wrong. I don't think I'm hearing the truth. Yeah. Something doesn't feel right. And right. I say, yes, then I'm, I'm mama's ready for you. I can, I can teach you. There she right. is. There it is right there. That's everything I love about her. And I might have to go to Atlanta for some odd reason. I don't know why, but I, yeah, because I, I just, I'm just in love with you. And I feel like I was drawn to you and I started, cause I, I mean, obviously it just popped up on my, on my Instagram and I'm like, Oh, who's this? And started following you. And, yeah. and it was like, Oh, she's speaking my language. I love what this woman is saying. And and because uh, I do believe that I do believe that we are an amazing combination of everything that human, you know, ev- we are a creature, we are a creature, like all the other creatures and things on the earth. And we are really great. Like you said, we, we made babies, we feed babies, yeah. you know, we just we are meant our bodies are amazing. And we need to respect them for what they are. And stuff. I love that you say that. I love it. I love that you know that because uh, there's a definite to me, a concerted war to have us hate ourselves. Yeah. To have people hate people. Yeah. I think, you know, humans are not good. And, and if you start to believe humans are bad and they're violent and they're evil and they're destructive and they don't know how to love or they're deranged and they're, they have all these weird genetic problems, it's very easy to say, but look, we can fix you by putting a chip in your brain or yeah. installing on this and but we could we can manipulate the dna so you can have a perfectly blue brown you know like baby we can make a super yeah. baby that's where we're going yeah and i'm taking a, a very strong stand against that transhumanistic approach i want people to stay human and i think okay. that's good enough i think we are an extraordinary species absolutely and that we can grow absolutely um, but I, I see beauty everywhere and I do want us to keep evolving. I want our frequency to go. I want us to get more in our heart, but that's part of the journey. I don't think we go there with more drugs, pills, robotics. Um, I, I'm, I'm very much taking a stance against that and teaching people you're good enough the way you are. Let's yeah. just, let's optimize yeah. who you already are. The best of who you are. 
Well, Dr. Stephanie, your middle name is Joy. I find lots of joy in Dr. Stephanie, Joy Rimka. Please follow her, find her, start healing yourself, start realizing that your body is amazing. And that I love what you said, that whatever is happening is your body saying, I'm trying to heal myself, help me out here. And I love that message. So thank you so much. And, and I really appreciate the time that you took with the uh, with me today and getting the word out to people because we, you know, it is a scary time right now. There is a lot of illness. There's a lot of sickness out there and it is a helpless feeling. I think for those that don't know or feel like they have the power. So, and I, I love that message that you gave. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Right. Talk to you later. Unfortunately for you, <laughs> this will not be our person only. So have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thank you so much, Dr. Rimka, for joining yeah. us today. It's yeah. It was cute. Did you, so you forgot to record the Zoom, eh? Or, uh, I think I did. I what think happened? I, did. <laughs> I think I got you. We'll see. We'll find out. Anyway, so yeah, I think